0: sacred space so welcome back again to the second part of sacred space my name is john Keeley. still joined by lorraine Buckley here in studio and shane is on the other end of the skyline and this week um shane you, you, you thought it might be a good idea if we had a chat or discussion on the year of the three popes or three popes should i say
1: where would you mm. want to start and go with this please I have no idea, John. Let's figure it out as we go together. <laughs> so, I uh, know being serious for a moment. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, this was a discussion we were having, and it came. It came kind of. It popped up on my radar because, of course, um, August the sixth is the anniversary of the death of Pope Paul the Sixth. And <clears throat> excuse me. And the reason Paul the Sixth is on my calendar at the moment is, of course, that in October. On the 15th of October, the 14th of October, Paul VI is going to be canonized in Rome, uh, along with Oscar Romero and about six other people. And of course, uh, and, and it is the 40th anniversary of the Pope's death. And of course, it is the 50th anniversary of the publication of his most famous encyclical, Humanae Vitae. And of course, he died in 1978, and he died on the 6th of August. And 1978, of course, is the year of the three Popes, because... He, of course, was succeeded by John Paul I. Unfortunately, Pope John Paul died within 33 days. And then, of course, we entered into the pontificate of probably the 20th century, which was the pontificate of John Paul II. So we said we'd have a small bit of reflection and a discussion about the three men and their impact and all the rest of it. And for those that were alive at the time, no mentions, uh, we'd be asking them to share their memories of the occasion now. Some of us weren't even, you know, little twinkles in the eyes of our fathers, but the rest of us, you know, some of the rest of us on the program uh, would have been around at the time. Now, the year of three popes—it's an interesting thing. It was the thirteenth time that we had an incident where you had three popes reigning in the same year. Now, a year of three popes means that the College of Cardinals would have had to elect, would have had two elections in the same calendar year. So that's what it means. Previously, to 1978, the, the the last year we had three popes was in uh, 1605. With Clement the Eighth, Leo the the Eleventh, and Paul the Fifth, um, and Paul the Fifth, of course, was the the Pope that was very much associated with implementing the uh, what would I call it the he he was sorry he was famous for persecuting Galileo, that that would have been the last time it happened. But anyway, so seventy eighth sixth of octo sixth of August, we have the death of Paul the Sixth. Now, interesting thing, a you know random factoid for you. In 1978, Pope Paul VI died on the 6th of August. 6th of August is the Feast of the Transfiguration. John Paul I, Pope John Paul I, died on the 29th of September, which is the feast day of the archangels. And then his successor, Pope John Paul II, died in 2005 on the Vigil of Divine Mercy. So I just thought it was interesting... Those three popes, and in particular the days that they died, uh, over, their, over their history. Paul VI, of course, was, um, you know, he was Giovanni Battista Montini, born in 1897, and he served for much of his priesthood and his adult life. He served in the Secretariat of State in the Vatican, very much associated and a confidant and friend of Pope Pius XII. He was only appointed uh, and he, he was he, he was in the Secretary of State from nineteen thirty seven to nineteen fifty four. And then in Pope John Paul the, or sorry, Pope John the twenty third rather uh well, Pope, Pope sorry Pope Pius XII appointed him bishop of Archbishop of Venice and then John the twenty third ele- ele- elevated him to the College of Cardinals in nineteen fifty eight. And of course Paul VI uh, took over after the death of good Pope John. Pope John Paul, John the Twenty Third died in nineteen sixty three, and uh, he died of 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 uh, cancer. Actually, I didn't. I had never actually realised that. Uh, that, uh, that that that's what Pope John the Twenty Third died on. It's an interesting one. Paul VI uh, was interesting from a number of perspectives. He was a curial pope. That means he had really he hadn't much pastoral experience, and he had served very much in the Curia and Rome. And his election to the papacy, he took the name of Paul, of course, so that Saint Paul, and he reconvened the Second Vatican Council after the death of John Twenty-Third, because the rule states that a, a, a council or an ecumenical council automatically closes on the death of the Pope that got call, that call, that called it. Um, Paul, of course, then became famous for the implementation and interpretation of the council's mandates. And of course, that created many controversies and difficulties of the time particularly most famous, I suppose, around liturgy is one of the ones that we're still dealing with down to the modern day. And it is the mass of Pope Paul VI that we use uh, on a day-to-day basis in our churches today. Um, he was a very Marian-focused pope, and he spoke re- repeatedly to conventions and marilogical meetings. And he wrote three Marian encyclicals, Marian encyclicals and he, declared, he named Mary as Mother of the Church during one of the sessions of the Vatican Council. Now, the interesting thing about Paul was also that he was a man that got rid of a lot of the pomp and circumstances that surrounded the papal court. So, for example, he got rid of the uh, the nobles of the, port, of the papal court, the the nobles, the Roman nobility that had been very much associated with the papal court. He also reduced the amount of uh, soldiers that were involved with the papal court. So he got rid of the noble guard, the palatine guard, and reduced it just to the Swiss guards. Uh, who, who are still uh, the defenders of the Vatican City down to the current day. It's an interesting one. Paul um, was very much seen as, a, an in, as, a, a, as a, a reforming pope, but he wrote his last encyclical in 1968, and he didn't write any other encyclical after that, because, of course, the encyclical in 1968 was Humani Vitae. And he, the reaction to it, uh, he, he, he was very hurt uh, by the reaction to it from around the world. It's an interesting thing. Paul also focused on ecumenism. Um, So he was very much involved with outreach to the Orthodox Church. He was the first pope to visit Jerusalem since the time of St. Peter. And he also lifted even the excommunication that was in place between the Orthodox Church and the Catholic Church since 1054. Uh, he 's also tro- he's he 's also the Pope that started the Pope travelling around the world. Most people associate that with John Paul the actually, but Paul the Sixth was the man that started it. He visited all the five or six continents of the world or five of the continents of the world uh, He visited um, the Holy Land he visited India he went to the united nations in 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 in, in New York. He visited Turkey and Portugal, he went to Colombia, he went to Switzerland and Uganda, and he visited uh, the Philippines and Australia and parts of Oceania. Now, from an Irish perspective, the interesting thing about Paul VI uh, was he was the Pope that canonized Oliver Plunkett in 1975. Uh, from an English perspective, he was the Pope that canonized the English mar- the 40 English and Welsh martyrs. And from a, spa- from a Scottish perspective... He was the Pope that canonized St. John Ogilivi, I think is how you pronounce his name. I'm really actually tripping up for that one. And uh, he was also the Pope very much associated with canonizing the Ugandan martyrs, um, which was. and he then visited the shrine to the Ugandan martyrs when he visited Uganda in 1969. He was the first Pope to visit um, the African continent. So that was Paul, that was Paul. He died... Uh, from he, he had a prolonged illness and he died in Castle Gandalfo, and uh, so that was Paul um, <clears> the <throat> Sixth. But the interesting thing, of course, about Paul the Sixth, more than anything else, was actually his successor, who was John Paul the First. Now, John, do you remember 1978? Can you remember John Paul the First?
0: I'd say most of us can, because uh, the first that we that the first thoughts we had when we first of all. Um, met this Pope for want of a better word on our TV screens, was he was such a gentle person and a person with a big smile. Maybe it reminded us a lot of um, John the Twenty Third.
1: Yeah, I know that, and that would be a fair one, because John Paul I, this is one of these Popes where historians would, could say, what, hap- what would have happened if... Um, he was Italian. His real name was Albino, or not his real name, but his, his given name, I should say, was Albino Luciani. And he was... Uh, born in, just a second, I've lost it here in my notes, he he was born in Belluno, which is a province of the Veneto region in northern Italy, so kind of up near Venice for people that are trying to figure out where that is. Uh, It's an interesting one. He wasn't, he was a pastoral man, didn't aspire to high office in the church by any manner of means, and he was, uh, he studied at the Gregorian in Rome, and then he returned to the diocese his home diocese, and he served as the seminary vice rector from 1937 to 1947. Before he was then vicar general of his diocese, and then he was appointed bishop of Vittorio Venuto in 1958. Uh, he participated in the Second Vatican Council, and then in 1969 he was appointed the Archbishop and Patriarch of Venice. Or Pope Paul VI made him a cardinal in 1973. Now, interesting point: all the six. As cardinal, he's three successors. So Paul the Sixth elevated to the cardinal. John Paul the First, John Paul the and Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. So just that was an interesting thing. I when I was getting ready for the program, I discovered today, because I hadn't realised that. That's an, that's an interesting point. Now, of course, the tragedy with John Paul the First was that the short he, he was only pope for thirty three days. Um, you know, he was elected um, on the twenty-sixth of August, nineteen seventy-eight, after the funeral of Pope Paul VI, and it was an interesting one. He's supposed to have said, "I uh, got a verse in what you've done. I accept." When he was asked, "Did he accept the election of as as pontiff?" Um, and he was convinced that he was not going to be elected pope. He had told his secretary that he was going home, and even if he was asked, he would decline if he the papacy if he was elected. Um, but he did accept the election and he's supposed to have said to Cardinal Sen, who was the, well, the cardinal uh, from the Philippines, that he said to him, you were a prophet, but my reign will be a short one. And this was because the Philipp- the Philippines cardinal had said to him, you will be the new pope. So it was interesting. When his election was announced on to the Logia of St. Peter's, uh, he took a double name. It was John Paul. He was the first pope to take a double-barrel name like that, and it was in tribute to his two predecessors, to John the Twenty-Third and Pope Paul the Sixth. And, you know, he was, he also, it was an interesting one. I think, as you said, John, for many people, the first thing that was associated with this Pope was his smile. Um, and uh, that is something that if you read, and if you're reading about him again and again and again, it's the smile of this man that people remember. He was known in Italy as Il Papa del Sorriso, which is the smiling Pope, or El Sorriso de Dio, which is the smile of God. Uh, so it's an interesting one. So, of course, the problem with it is, of course, he died after 33 days. Um, and he he he. It was, a, it, it was controversial because, of course, he died so quick and there was the mystery about it. And also, of course, the Vatican didn't handle it very well. Um, they kind of messed up a small bit how it was announced because there was the whole controversy about who found the Pope. And for some strange reason, the Vatican decided it would be a good idea to say he was found by his secretary as opposed to the fact that he was found by two nuns that looked after the papal household. Uh, The Irish connection with it, of course, is that it was, uh, as he was then, Father John McGee, later Bishop John McGee of Cloyne, who was papal secretary at the time. Uh, So that's the Irish connection to John Paul I. He was found lying in his dead, lying in his bed with a book open beside him and a reading light on. And he was supposed to have been reading uh, the imitation of Christ and the interesting thing about it is it was just it was a heart attack and that's what the Vatican doctor confirmed uh, to the College of Cardinals afterwards Um, so that was that was John Paul the first and of course it is a question what if what would have happened if he had lived what would have happened if he had been a Pope for a long period of time you know, and there's this whole speculation, what would he have done with the Vatican Bank? What would he have done with Opus Dei? What would he have done with various teachings of the church on various different issues? Would he have confirmed the teaching of Humanae Vitae? All the rest of it. And we just don't know. The Lord called him home. And, you know, when the Lord calls, you must respond. It's an interesting one also that, you know, he he's very much kind of a what-if pope, particularly in Italy, uh, because he was the last Italian pope. Because he, of course, was succeeded by John Paul II, and John Paul II, of course, was Karol Watila from a far country, and, of course, was the first non-Italian pope since Pope Adrian IV, who was a Dutchman sometime around the 1600s. So John Paul II, of course, uh, was you know, the great crusader pope, the great, for, you know, for myself and Lorraine, he was the only pope we knew for many, many years, until he died in 2005. Very much, of course, associated with the fall of communism, and you know the, the 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 globe hopping hopping and trotting pope, um, Lorraine. What would your memory be of John Paul II? Well, I suppose John Paul II is the pope that I grew up with because I was only born in 1976, so mm. he really was the pope that was there with me for most of my life. Um, John Paul II had a
0: great charisma, and I think that was part of his natural gifts and talents. A highly intellectual
1: man, but a man that was able to relate to every age group and I suppose especially the youth. Uh, what mm. about yourself, Shane? Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I went to, I suppose, uh, like your story, I, I'm a baby of the 80s, so I wasn't around for the papal visit in 1979. But I went to Rome in 2000 for the Jubilee year for the World Youth Day. And I was at Tor Vergata with a further two million youngsters listening to this, you know, elderly, infirm man saying to us, you know, if you, call, if you are who you, you're called to be, you will set the whole world on fire. And he was, of course, quote, quoting there the great saint, Catherine of Siena. But it was something that stuck. It stuck out at me for many. has stuck with me since, you know, that, as you said, Lorraine, that great charisma and that uh, connectivity, particularly with young people. But of course, you know, there, it, it, you know, it's 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 an interesting one to look and see the natures of the three popes we had in seventy eight. Um, you know, and the and the impact it would have had on the church. John Paul the very much a pope associated. With the Church of the early part of the first part of the 20th century, a reforming Pope, the man that took on the onerous task of implementing the Council's reforms and mandates. I suppose some of the criticisms that would arise in relation to Paul the Sixth Paul is how that was implemented and whether it was done in conformity with the wishes of the Council Fathers. That's a debate that will go down through the centuries. You know, because it will be something that will be argued long after we're gone in terms of the implementation of the Second Vatican Council. Of course, the other thing he's associated with is, of course, the teachings he issued and the, the documents he issued um, in terms of as, you know, he wrote on Marianology quite a bit. He also wrote on the Holy Eucharist in Mysterium Fide in 1965. And of course, he also wrote Populorum Progressio, which was on the development of peoples in 1967. Uh, which is very much a document which underpins uh, Catholic social teaching and the uh, in, in in the Church today. Uh, of course, as we said, it was a what if scenario in terms of John Paul I. We don't really know what view he would have taken on different things, uh, but he very much brought a pastoral focus back to the papacy after you know the curialist, which was Paul the Sixth. Um, you know, he, he was, he didn't deliver any particular documents. He didn't have time. And he's, but that's, I suppose the thing that's associated with him from a papal point of view was he got rid of the tiara. He didn't use the tiara. He wasn't crowned Pope. Paul VI was the last Pope to be crowned. Uh, John Paul I also got rid of the chair, which uh, the Popes used to be carried around in, in St. Peter's Square and very much kind of introduced that idea of what we now call the Popemobile, although it's particularly more associated with John Paul II. Um, it's also, I suppose, a case of, you know, the whole drama and excitement at the time. It was a very expensive year, actually, wrote, um, Lorraine, for the Vatican, because every time there is a change in the papacy, all the staff at the Vatican get an extra month's salary. So it was, I think I, think I saw somewhere, the BBC said it cost the Vatican about £3 million sterling, Extra uh, in 1978 because of the deaths of the of the two popes involved. The other big thing, of course, about it was it led led to a huge shift in the viewing of the papacy. Paul VI had very much internationalized the College of Cardinals by appointing cardinals from all over the world, and by doing so, he enabled the the election of a non Italian pope for the first time when we had, of course, the election of the Pole, Cardinal uh, Carl Votilia. And it was interesting, after his election in the Sistine Chapel, John Paul II uh, sat alone <clears throat> in the chapel beneath Michelangelo's huge fresco of the last judgment. And Cardinal Basil Hume is said to have said, looking on at him, I felt desperately sad for the man, he recalled, but somebody is, has to carry this tremendous burden. I suppose it's something that we should remember, you know, 40 years later, as we recall the year of the three popes in 1978, I suppose it's no harm to remember it can be a lonely job. Um, you know, the pope um, is the vicar of Christ. His boss is the god, <laughs> you know, and in some ways it can be a lonely task to head up the faithful and to be seen as a polyglot, as a, a pastoral leader, as a politician, you know, and it's not an easy task. And those that are called to serve in that position, I suppose, as Catholics, we're asked to pray for them and to remember them in our prayers. And I suppose, as we're recalling, it is the 40th anniversary. I suppose we should also pray for the repose of their souls. Um, Paul VI will be canonized, as I said, in October. John Paul I, uh, he's on the road to canonization. He has been declared venerable. And, of course, John Paul II has already been canonized uh, by his, his successors. So, who knows? We'll have to wait and see what happens with John Paul I. But that was it, John, just for 1978, the year of the three popes.
0: Shane, thank you so much for that. Now, time for our second bit of music. And because we are midway through the novena for A Lady of Knock, Shane decided it'd be a good idea to play um, A Lady of Knock by Rosemary Scanlon. So, let's say this. People of all ages Gathered round the gable wall Poor and humble men and women Little children let you call We are gathered here before you And our hearts are just the same Filled with joy at such a vision as we praise your try right. to sacred space.